0: This is episode 22 of the Sugar Mamas podcast. And today I have a very special guest that I was so excited to interview. Today I get to speak with Carol Kramer, who is the creator of Rufus the Bear with Diabetes. If your child was diagnosed with type 1 sometime in the past 25 years, then chances are they got a rufus bear when they were in the hospital or shortly after. My daughter Sarah got a rufus bear the second day that she was in the hospital after diagnosis. It has been such a comfort to her when she's feeling sad or frustrated or just needs something to snuggle with. She loves her rufus, and you know how there's always like... Those two or three stuffed animals that you can't part with even when you're an adult. I know I have two of my bun buns from when I was little still in my room. Okay, I don't sleep with them, but they are in a drawer in my room. But I can tell you for sure, for certain, that Rufus the bear will be one of those stuffed animals that my daughter keeps until she is an adult. Rufus has meant so much to her, and I know he's meant so much to children literally all over the world. And little known fact that today, June 1st, 2021, is Rufus's 25th birthday. Happy birthday, Rufus. It just so happens that it is also my sister Megan's 40th birthday. So happy birthday, Megan. But that's besides the point. Today we're talking about Rufus. Sorry, girl. When I got to interview Carol Kramer and she told me that Rufus's 25th birthday was coming up in just a few short weeks, I said, well, obviously I'm going to have to publish the episode on his birthday. You guys are really going to love this episode. Carol is such an amazing person. She has such a giving and generous heart. She did back then when her son Brian was first diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and she still does today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy while you listen to Carol tell us the story of Rufus and what she's up to today. All right, here we go. Let's get started. You're listening to the Sugar Mamas podcast, a show designed for moms of type 1 diabetics. Here you'll find a community of like-minded women who are striving daily to keep their kids safe, happy, and healthy while navigating the ever-changing world of type 1. I'm your host and fellow T1D mom, Katie Roseborough. Welcome, and enjoy the show. Before we get started, I need you to know that nothing you hear on the Sugar Mamas podcast should be considered medical advice. Please be safe, be smart, and always consult your physician before making changes to the way you manage type 1 diabetes. Thanks. Everybody, I am here with Carol Kramer today, and I could not be more excited to talk to her this morning. Carol is the creator of Rufus, the bear with diabetes, which I know has touched the lives of so many children and families in their type 1 journey, um, and I can't wait to hear her story. Uh, Carol, at this point, I will obviously have already told people a little bit about you, but I would love it if you would introduce yourself and tell us your connection to type 1 diabetes.
1: Uh, well, our son, Brian, uh, when he was three years old, he was diagnosed with type one diabetes. Brian is now 29 and he'll be 30 come June 19th of this year.
0: Oh, wow. So, My goodness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's an adult. You made it. I know. I know. <laughs> is he your only child? No, we have five.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
1: Yeah. They range in age of, oh my goodness, 30, wow, 34 down to 19. So it's two girls. Okay. As the oldest and the youngest, and then our three boys in the middle. So I call it the triple stuffed Oreo cookie.
0: (laughs) There you go. I love that. So Brian's sort of like in the middle ish, I guess. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. He's he's even in the middle of um the boys.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well that's true. He's the middle middle.
1: <gasps> yeah, he is.
0: <laughs> so what was it what was it like when Brian was diagnosed? Tell us a little bit about his diagnosis story if you don't mind.
1: Sure. He well he was I was just starting to potty train him mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it was like that whole training just went in reverse. Mm. Because there was just the the wedding of the you know the diaper just I mean it was it was constant you know and I wasn't sure is this because he doesn't he's not ready you know I had no idea but then all of a sudden there was this lethargy that came about him and then he woke up one morning and I could see his rib cage and. You, I mean, Brian was, you know, a, a husky boy. And then, of course, there was this, this odor, you know, that, that I could smell. Mm. So I called the doctor and, um, got him in and had no idea what I was in for or him or our family. And so the doctor ran some tests and then he said that we could go home later on that afternoon. I'd be receiving a call with the results. So I received a call at 4.10 in the afternoon and was told to rush him to Evanston Hospital and that he most likely had type 1 diabetes. So I did that. Rushed him to the hospital with my husband and at that time, our other two children and life changed from there. We were told that if we had waited another half a day, that he probably wouldn't be here.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. You know, just because the, the ketones, you Mm. know, were so, so high, but it was, it was that also that constant asking for water, his thirst. -hmm. Was, you know, and this, but this was in the summer. Well, no, I'm sorry. It was in the fall. Mm -hmm. The summer is when he had broken his leg. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And it was funny because he actually had broken um, the femur.
0: Oh, that's a, that's a big one.
1: (laughs) It's a huge one. That's the biggest one. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I had thrown a frisbee and both our sons went running for it at the same time. And the oldest, fell on top of Brian, and that that was it right there. But I'll never forget that that evening in the ER, we were told that we needed to stay overnight for observation because his white blood cell count was so extremely elevated. Hmm. And I can't help but wonder, was that the stress that triggered, you know, the, the domino effect yeah. um of what was then to be come November ninth, hmm. um, of the same year mm-hmm. that he would be diagnosed with type one?
0: Yeah, I know you just really never know. I've thought about that quite often myself. What was the trigger that started the autoimmune response in my daughter? And I mean, I just don't think I'll ever know which I'm okay with, but you, every now and then my mind wanders back to that. I wonder what it was. I wonder what it was, but you never know. Could have been the trauma.
1: I know you just don't, Mm -hmm. but it, it, it's that, that somewhat settles my mind.
0: Mm -hmm. So tell us about Rufus. When did Rufus enter the picture of your type one journey? Was it immediately after Brian was diagnosed or was it a couple years after? When did that start?
1: Brian was diagnosed November 9th of 1994. Okay. And the idea for Rufus came June 1st of 1996. Okay. So, but in between there, I remember reading an article that type 1 diabetes was the leading cause of blindness. Mm -hmm. And you know, as a mom, I panicked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, you know, no, no, my son cannot go blind. I have to do everything possible. And then I was just hit with just such sadness, you know, along with the fear and the concern. And so I ended up, that just kind of triggered an anxiety in me, which then led to a depression Mm -hmm. and just so fearful of anything happening to me because who was going to take care of Brian, you know, Mm -hmm. even though, I mean, his dad is here, still married. Um, but as a mom, you know, you, (laughs) you feel such responsibility, um, for so much. And so, um, all of a sudden, well, it was June 1st of 1996. And I know that this might sound weird, But I woke up and I didn't feel like someone was pushing down on my shoulders trying to keep me in bed. I just had this idea of, I know what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. So, and it was one of the things that had always bothered me is when Brian was diagnosed, well, it was late afternoon that we were at the hospital into the evening, but it was the following morning where I started asking, well, what is there to teach Brian? Mm-hmm. About this life change and to teach Brian that he's not going home from the hospital cured or mm-hmm. healed, you know, um, because a lot of people think that, oh, when you come home from the hospital, you're better, you know, right. or you're on the, r- the road to being better or cured, you know, at, but, but with type one, no, it was, mm-hmm. all, you're on the road to a whole life change. Yes, you know, for the your entire life. So, and there, what they gave me was a coloring book mm-hmm. with a little boy in it. And for a three-year-old boy who's active, he wasn't going to sit and color.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> it's like, oh no, <laughs> this this can't be. This is
0: great, but do you have a Nerf gun?
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and would you let us go roam around the hospital and play hide and seek, you know? Yes. And see how many windows the Nerf gun, the, the bullets will stick to.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I guess that always stayed like in the back of my mind until I knew what I was going to do. And, and so I, I basically just went out, bought a teddy bear. Mm-hmm. and i I still have the templates of everything do you it was yes, I do it was a life cereal box okay. that i I cut up for the cardboard
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um I have a teaching background, so it's <laughs> but my teaching background is in music yeah okay so so yes, yeah, so you become very resourceful
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, oh teachers you all don't have a big budget anyway, so yeah, you got to cut up cereal boxes for sure. Like,
1: Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, cut them as to like the stencils, you know, Mm -hmm. template that I was going to use for the patches. And all these ideas just came into my mind and I put together the first Rufus for Brian. Well, I didn't know the name yet. Okay. And then put him in a Chicago Bulls outfit just so that he had some clothes on him.
0: <laughs> you know, Michael Jordan and everything. So that was probably really big, right? Right. That was like his hating.
1: Wasn't that the year that they won? I think. I don't know. Oh,
0: I have no idea about the year. I just remember my mom being obsessed with the Chicago Bulls when I was yeah. young. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Those, those were some fun times.
0: Yeah. All right. So that was his first little outfit.
1: Yes. But then, uh, do you want to know how Rufus moved on from there? Because it happens very quickly from that date.
0: I would love to know all the details. Please share.
1: Okay. So by this time, well, that was June 1st, 96. June 19th of 1996 was Brian's birthday. Okay. He was, he was five. And I walked into his bedroom to wake him up. Say happy birthday, good morning, you know, all that stuff. And, of course, check his blood sugars. He rolled over and he asked me, did they come up with a cure? Mm. And I said, no, honey, but we mustn't give up hope. And he said, then it's not my birthday because I promised myself that once I turned five, I wouldn't have diabetes anymore. Mm. So he told me, if I bought a cake, I don't want it. If you got me presents, I don't want them. Take them back. Mm. And you can imagine as a mom, um, I mean, just even repeating the story, it hits you, you know. So
2: mm.
1: what I ended up doing was calling what was back then the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation, JDF. Okay. It wasn't the JDRF then. Okay. So, uh, I called the Chicago chapter. And it turned out that the director of the chapter picked up the phone. Her name was Robin Harding. Mm-hmm. And I told her what was happening and asked, because Brian's a very visual little boy, could we come down and could he meet the people who are working every day to find this cure? Mm-hmm. And so she said, yes, you know, that, that, that would be awesome. And, I said, well, could it be today (laughs) because it's his birthday? So anyway, went down to the JDF and I'll never forget, Robin, she got down on her knees and she took Brian's hands into hers and she looked him directly in the eye and said, buddy, there will never be a day that goes by that I won't be working for a cure for you and for all those children out there with type 1 diabetes. Mm. And he asked. Uh, No, she asked if he would like to go around and meet the other people. And he had said yes. So she introduced him to everybody. And then I said to Brian, I said, why don't you tell Mrs. Harding about your teddy bear? Because see, originally I had made this for Brian. And then, well, if anybody else needs one, I'll make it for them. That's that was my goal. That Mm -hmm. was it. And so so then he showed Robin uh, Rufus Mm -hmm. and and I'll circle back around and tell you how Rufus got his name. Okay. Um, so he showed Robin Rufus and then I said, you know, I just want to let you know that if you ever run across a child that you think that would do well, you know, for Rufus or with a Rufus, please just let me know. I'll make you one and you can send it off. You know, it doesn't have to be from me from the JDF. Mm -hmm. And, And so it was just about ten days later I received a call and there was a little boy in Michigan that um could use a rufus. So I made up a rufus and sent it to Robin and then the JDF sent it to him. The next thing I knew, and I honestly don't remember the date at all, but Bayer, the makers of Bayer aspirin. Oh, okay. Okay, they had ordered from The JDF, 10,000 Rufus bears.
0: Oh my goodness. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) And so it's like, you better go buy some
0: more life cereal.
1: (laughs) So, so it's like, oh, okay. You know, uh, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but okay. Um, So, anyway. It was me with our children driving to a toy store in order to purchase a birthday present for one of our kids' friends, mm-hmm. where there was a woman in the parking lot. And this is in the town of Barrington, Illinois.
0: That's ironic. Bear- I know. Barrington. Mm-hmm.
1: I know. I know. Okay. And so then she's, she opens up the trunk of her car and there are all these teddy bears in the trunk of her car. And so I told the kids, I said, stay right here. I I got to go talk to that lady. So I parked the car, the van, and then ran up to her. And I said, excuse me, but can I talk to you about those teddy bears in the mm-hmm. back of your car? And so it was so funny. She says, I don't have anything to do with Beanie Babies. Do you remember Beanie Babies? Oh, yeah. I remember okay. Beanie Babies. <laughs> that was the height of Beanie Babies. Yeah. You know? And so... um and I said, Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't want anything to do with beanie babies right now either, even though they're great, but no. <laughs> and so I need those bears. And then I explained to her just a little bit about what I was doing. So she handed me her, um, business card and said, give me a call tonight. She said, I think my, um, my boss would be very interested in this. I said, okay. So I called her that night. She works for. Russ, Mm R-U-S-S, he was the number one gift manufacturer in the world at that time. Mm -hmm. And the owner is Russ Berry. Oh,
0: my goodness. Okay.
1: Russ Berry has type 1 diabetes. Oh, my goodness. His mom had just passed away from complications of type 1 diabetes. Mm. And in her memory, he was building the Naomi Berry Diabetes Center in New York. Mm. Especially for the families that, you know, they, they, they could not afford, mm-hmm. um, what it takes to, to support our children and their health and, and keeping their diabetes mm-hmm. well maintained. So, um, I, she said to give him a call and to send him a Rufus bear. So I quickly made up another one, sent him the bear. I called him and I, I'm talking to the director, the owner, the president, um, of Russ. Wow. And so and yes, he was interested. And so I had my manufacturer.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Yes. And he wasn't gonna take a dime um from it because he understood yeah. the the need, you know. So but I do want to, I do want to tell you as to why Rufus mm-hmm. for the name. Please. Is that um and, and this is more of us the, the teacher in me, is that you know when when children are very young, and sometimes it's hard for them to say their, to pronounce their R's, mm-hmm. just like it's hard to pronounce L's, you know? Yeah. So I wanted a name that would be basically unisex. It didn't matter if it was a boy or a girl
0: mm-hmm. that
1: had a Rufus bear, but that if ever they were looking for their Rufus bear, that even if they were to say, Ufus with a W mm-hmm. in replacement for the R, they could be understood. Because what's so important to me is communication. And mm. I want these children, I don't want them to have to struggle any more than what they do. And so I want them to be heard. I want I want their hearts to be heard. And so that was why the name rufus because pretty much no matter how they said it Mm -hmm. you were still going to hear rufus or something very close to it that's how he got his name
0: oh i love that i wish you could have i mean i I know you've uh, rufus has touched the lives of i don't i mean do you know how many rufus bears i'm sure you do how many have been made in the past 25 years
1: oh i i i really i really don't know and it it, it's well above a million because yeah. in 1997, um, the fall of 1997, he went worldwide, and mm-hmm. Russ was manufacturing Rufus bears for so so many countries, you know, and and the JDF. Well, what what came about is the outreach program because they never had such a thing and so rufus rufus helped to create that program and and it's just it's amazing to me that such an organization they were at one time you know like a it was about raising money in order to do the research but they heard my heart Mm -hmm. and they heard the heart of all these children um and so they they took on Rufus and created the outreach program in order to be who they are today, you yeah. know, because um, it's, it's an incredible organization. And I haven't spoken to anybody at JDRF <laughs> for quite some time because Rufus just got to be so large mm-hmm. that I never planned on him being a source of income. Mm-hmm. for our family because how could you deliver the message of hope where to me the families they needed to know that dollars were going in to research for them you know especially families that didn't have the funds mm-hmm. to be able to contribute I still wanted them to know that uh no there's there's money going in Mm-hmm. To research for them.
0: I had, I didn't realize that until you said that. So JDRF did not really have an outreach program prior to Rufus. No. I mean, in my, for, okay, so 25 years later, here I am, my family's now been affected by type 1 diabetes. And JDRF, in my mind, is almost more of an outreach
2: mm-hmm.
0: program to me mm-hmm. than it is a raising money to fund research program. I mean, I know that's obviously a humongous part of it, but when I think about JDRF, I definitely think about their outreach and the support that they offer to the community for type one diabetics of all ages. Yep. That comes to mind first. So yep. you were the start of that. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? It was the hearts of so many. It was just it it's what Rufus brought out in in so many people and um, I mean it 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 took a crew but mm-hmm. we did it and I'm so thankful because yes they even when they were you know a, an organization that had more to do with raising funds mm-hmm. back in the early days they they were still I mean look how far you know they've come it was what they needed in order to get started Mm-hmm. You know, back then. And, but even though they, you know, there was just this, this business component about them, there was such a heart, mm-hmm. you know, in them. These weren't just your typical business people. You know, they, they had a, a heart and they found it with each other and they, they heard, they were willing. And even when other organizations were contacting me, uh, such as, like, uh, children, With diabetes. Mm -hmm. They had contacted me because they had the idea of let's send a Rufus and the girl version. There was a girl version of Rufus for a while. Okay. And her name is Ruby, but they, the, the children with diabetes organization had the idea of let's send Rufus and Ruby, like maybe six or eight of them out worldwide to where they stay with a family for one week and then they write in a journal about their days with rufus or ruby mm-hmm. and type one diabetes and then they send it on to the next family and you just signed up and it didn't matter what country you know you lived in and so i i called the what was I don't remember if they had switched over to JDRF then or just were still JDF, mm-hmm. but I called them and said, Hey, you know, there's this organization. Um, contact me, me. This is their idea. Would it be okay? Um, and we, we never had a contract between each other either. Oh, wow. Um, uh, yeah. Hmm. And so, uh, they were like, oh, sh- sure, you know, go ahead. So it, it was just, it was so wonderful. I mean, we mm-hmm. all, we all received from each other, and what you see today is what has come about mm-hmm. because of that. You know.
0: Yeah. Do you do you still have the original Rufus? I do. Yeah. Or does maybe Brian has it? I'm not sure.
1: I don't know. Can I get up and move around?
0: Yeah. You just or should take, I not? Oh, you. Know I'll you're take my,
1: my computer. Oh no. Or
0: yeah. Or just take your headphones off and come back and bring it back.
1: Oh. Okay. All right. Okay. Hold on one second. I have to plug in my power.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. We don't want to lose you, Carol.
1: <laughs> All right. So now a dress is on her because I took off the Chicago Bulls. Okay. Outfit, not on her. Well, a, a dress is on Rufus. Right. Just because, yeah. <laughs> Be- you know why is because I've given away clothing mm-hmm. to. Rufus, uh, the sweatshirts, not the sweatshirts, the t-shirts, mm-hmm. the corduroy pants. And so part of the story is that while the 10,000 bears were being manufactured, mm-hmm. there were still orders coming in. So I was sitting at home and hand making Rufus bears. I was going, I, I borrowed money against my life insurance policy. Wow. In order to buy bears at, as many as I could. Mm-hmm. And, I, by hand, I sewed patches on 1637 bears.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And so, and my mother in law was making the outfits for oh. me because th- there were kids in between, you know, mm-hmm. th- when they could all be manufactured that still needed a Rufus bear. So anyway, my mother in law sewed all the outfits. On. I
0: love it. Look, she has little bears on her dress.
1: She's so, so cute. I
0: wish you guys could see her. You might have to send me a picture of that, Carol, so I can show the okay. listeners.
1: <laughs> okay, I will. I will because, all right, the patches are. I mean,
0: <laughs> this is me oh, experimenting.
1: Goodness. Well, there's the little,
0: yeah, it's so the little tiny. heart on the paw on the oh, bear yeah. paw.
1: Look at that! I didn't snip off the end of the thread. I, I, <laughs> It's
0: never too late, Carol. You know?
1: Okay, thank you. <laughs> and so there's oh no rhyme. Look at how big those patches are.
0: It's like it's like roof. I'm just describing it for the listeners. It's like little, almost like quilting patches. Like like a, there's a checkered one, and like a, I think that's a floral one. And oh, so sweet. Oh yeah, here's
1: here's the floral one on. The, oh yeah, on the booty. On the uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. I love yes. it. So there was. Okay, so I had been invited to a symposium, a researchers' symposium, mm-hmm. um, for type one diabetes. And okay, their their talk, their language was whew, way mm-hmm. above, way above my head. And if I can tell you something, they all had the same balding spot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought, wow, that's really quite unique. I wonder if that's the side of the brain that they yes. use the most, you know? Yeah.
0: Their brain power has worn down their hair.
1: <laughs> yes, for all of us that live with type one diabetes. But anyway, yeah. so, um, Bayer, um, even though, um, now it's Roche that underwrites Rufus. Okay. And has been the longest standing underwriter i mean they have been so incredibly generous with supporting rufus it's just it's been incredible but and bear was incredible too you know they trusted they somehow trusted us with all of this and but we did it but yeah. they made little rufuses
0: oh you, oh that's so cute I little corduroy overalls
1: the, oh he has yes. a
0: medical bracelet on a medical id type one yeah
1: Yes. And so, and see, I went around to stores Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and bought bracelets in order to put on the bears. The reason for the medical identification bracelets was Mm -hmm. that I wanted children to see that they don't play with Rufus any differently than what they play with their other stuffed animals. Mm -hmm. And that even though Rufus is wearing a medical identification bracelet, he's still Rufus. Mm-hmm. he's still a stuffed animal that you play with you know he's not any different he's rufus he has type 1 diabetes but everybody has something you mm-hmm. know so it was the message of trying to get across that you're not you're not any different you know just because you have type 1 diabetes you have this opportunity to to really take good care of yourself and it's scary Mm-hmm. I know that it's so scary, but you're not any different. You are who you were created to be. You mm-hmm. know, that's, that's it. And so I, I wanted children to see that. So, but I understand in this day and age, things are a little bit different. And, um, so there's liabilities. And so Rufus doesn't come with a medical ID on him. Just because you want to make sure that there's nothing ever happens to where a child may choke, may take it off and Mm -hmm. swallow it, you know, sure, you know, anything like that. Yeah. So, anyway, but this is, here's my big guy.
0: Yeah. That looks like about the size of our Rufus, I feel like now.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, I I wanted them all to be around that 12 to 14 inch size. Mm -hmm. And Medic Alert, they got involved and they sent me tens of thousands of medical identification bracelets. Mm -hmm. That's the thing is so many people were so generous.
0: So you, so you have, did you ever own rights to Rufus? I mean, you said there was never a contract, so maybe that was never even a thing, but.
1: No, eventually there did become a, a contract. uh, Okay. And yes, I, I was so concerned that someone might take the idea of Rufus and make him available to where he was only for sale. You had to buy him. Mm -hmm. Whereas for me, understanding how expensive it can be to have a child, um, anyone with (laughs) diabetes, I wanted Rufus to be donated. I wanted the families to realize that you're truly not alone and for him to be a source of education mm-hmm. as well as love and care and support you know so <laughs> i went out and <laughs> and i spent money <laughs> and i got myself two patents
0: <laughs> there you go
1: <laughs> to cover yes so within 6 months time i had a design patent and a utility patent the the strongest patent that that one could own okay but then rufus went international Mm -hmm. and i didn't have the money to support those maintain those patents Mm -hmm. i had no idea that there was such a thing as maintaining a patent i thought it was a one-time thing and he was covered you know
0: Uh, that's what i would think too
1: Oh, thank you. (laughs) So
0: (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know anything about patents.
1: (laughs) Me neither. I was a mom, you know. Um, Right. And so yes, I had this degree in music education, but I, I didn't have any degree in business. And my husband is a professional trumpet player. And so why would we know anything about business? Right. And I just was crazy enough to follow through on what I knew I was going to do. And so anyway, once I got to know Russ more like, like a second father, he's like, Carol, why, why did you go out and get those patents? You know, and, um, and I told him Mm -hmm. because I wanted to protect him. Mm -hmm. And so he says, ah, Carol, because you could have just done that through a copyright. Like, really? And Mm -hmm. so, (laughs) so I did not renew the, patents for okay. Rufus but they were but I had the patents for 15 years mm-hmm. and then I did get the copyright and I owned the copyright the trademark oh, good. for Rufus yes but then I mean it was to try to protect his name and there to not be any confusion as to what Rufus the bear with diabetes was for it just became it became so large, which I'm so incredibly thankful for. But I'm also a mom of five children and I'm, I'm a grandma to three grandchildren too. So anyway, I knew as hard as it was that in order for Rufus to keep growing and to keep being him, I had to let him go. And Mm -hmm. because JDRF, they had their own legal department. They Mm -hmm. could, they could take care of him. They could, Oversee, protect him, watch over him. And so they had approached me a couple other times if I would like to sell, you know, Rufus to them. And, and at first I couldn't imagine it because through that question and me pondering it, I learned that Rufus was actually my own source of therapy. Mm-hmm. And so it was a matter of me letting go and flying just as me as Carol. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not having rufus in the background to distract me whenever Mm -hmm. i got anxious about anything you know and so i decided that no this is this is not about me this is about you know all those families out there and so i sold the rights of rufus to the jdrf and and now he is theirs
0: yeah i I feel like they've done a wonderful job, like you said, taking care of him and keeping him safe. And I know we were in the hospital just the second day is when they brought in the bag of hope that had Rufus in it. And gosh, I wish you could have seen the look on my daughter's face because, you know, it's such a traumatic experience. And she was just so upset. But when they brought in that bear and her eyes just lit up and my daughter absolutely loves stuffed animals, I mean, loves them to pieces. And I it just meant so much to her to have a stuffed animal and one that she could, you know, that was like her that had type one diabetes and she could practice on. Um, She's still, she's still, you know, we're almost, gosh, I feel like coming up quick on a year, probably about eight months into our diagnosis. And she still will check, you know, pretend to check Rufus's blood sugar and, and give him injections. And it's just such a comfort to her. She's also very protective of Rufus. I crawled in bed with her last night to tuck her in and and Rufus was laying next to her and I just kind of gently, she has like a, a bin of stuffed animals. I just kind of gently like tossed him into the bin so I could lay down next to her. And she got so mad at me. <laughs> she was like, mommy, don't you can't throw Rufus. I'm like, well, I didn't really throw Rufus. I just tossed him into the bin. <laughs> so I said, I'll get Rufus back out. So I got Rufus out and and put him next to her and she was much happier, but... Anyway, she just loves her Rufus Carol. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so thankful to hear that because because I'm not involved anymore. I don't really get the chance to hear the stories unless somebody from JDRF mm-hmm. were to share them. And every once in a while, they'll send me something. And um, it just it brings tears to my mm-hmm. eyes. Uh, it just warms my heart you know, so much. And I'm just, I'm so thankful that I had this opportunity and that I got to meet the people and work with the people, you know, that I did. I have a, I have a story to tell you. Yeah. Just because lately there's, well, with the, the, um, the death of, what was it? King Philip, Duke Philip, you know, in, um, with Queen Elizabeth, her husband.
0: Mm Hmm. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. Prince Philip, right?
1: Prince Philip. That's mm-hmm. it. Thank you. Thank you.
0: I was like, oh, no, don't don't make me dig into history. That is not my strength. Okay. But yes, Prince Philip.
1: Okay. So I was um, nine months pregnant with our fourth child, Kyle. Mm-hmm. And okay, here's the funny thing is Bayer wanted to do a commercial in my house. Oh, wow. For <laughs> they completely tore up the inside of my house. <laughs> it really? It's amazing. To, yeah. And so while I was doing that, with them, Russ Berry calls me on the phone and he says, Carol, he goes, can you come down to the merchandise mart in Chicago? I've got my grand opening and I'd love for you to see it and bring your kids. Okay. All right. And so the next day, oh, and he said, and I have someone for you to meet and I really want her to get to know you as well. So of course I said, okay, you know, to it. Mm-hmm. I go down there with Carissa, Michael, and Brian, and he introduces me to Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York. Oh, wow. I know. He was good friends with her. And so he was also, he visited the, the, um, like Queen Elizabeth often because the UK, they were, they're huge on Rufus. Mm-hmm. They were huge on Russ products, gift products, you know. And so anyway, Sarah Ferguson or the Duchess of York, yeah. she was sitting off to the side and Russ Berry says to some of the media there, he said, I would like to introduce you to Carol Kramer. She's just a mom who created Rufus the Bear at Diabetes. Wow. Sarah Ferguson heard, just a mom. (laughs) And and she got up. She took the largest white teddy bear she could find. And and I got pictures of this. And she was whacking him. Just a mom. Just a mom. There's no such thing as just a mom. You take that back, you know. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was hysterical. So then, (laughs) so then... (laughs) So anyway, uh, she and I got to know each other. And so for a while, she was an ambassador of Rufus.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
1: For the UK. And so, um, but then 9-11 came and, you know, everything changed. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Can I just say, oh, I just want to say when you were telling me that story and you st- Started with the sentence, "She's just a mom." I feel like I had a little bit internally the same reaction that that she had because I'm like, <laughs> I immediately was like, "Just a mom!" Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> excuse me.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> so anyway, oh, Sarah was there. Mm-hmm. She was the main guest to cut the ribbon for the grand opening of Russ in the Merchandise Mart. And so, Sarah Ferguson she says, "Oh no, no, i I cannot do this alone, so she went over and and she asked Brian if he would do the ceremonial cutting of the ribbon with her.
2: Oh, my yes, goodness,
1: I know, so, but, um, it was that time when she was a spokesperson for weight watchers, so mm-hmm. we're back at home. And Brian's watching TV and a Weight Watchers commercial comes on. And he's like, oh, hey, mom, there's that lady that let me cut the ribbon with her, you know. Oh, my goodness. He had no idea, you know, as to her
0: Her level of celebrity-ness.
1: Yeah. Celebrity, I guess. Yes, yes, yes. And she she was so much fun. Just so, so much fun to know. That's such
0: an awesome story. How amazing that she became you know, kind of the spokesperson for Rufus over there in the UK. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was great.
0: Can I ask you what Brian is up to now these days?
1: Brian works for Walgreens. Okay. He is a pharmacy tech mm-hmm. and he got his degree. He got his degree in philosophy and psychology.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Now he's a pharmacy tech.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Love it. Um, And um, I mean, Walgreens, they've, they have excellent insurance that has helped him to, to keep using the insulin that mm-hmm. he's been on for so, so many years, because there was maybe about five or six years ago where suddenly some insurance companies were no longer going to cover certain brands of insulin. Hmm. And and a lot of that had to do with some insulins, and I, and I won't give any names, but mm-hmm. some insulins no longer have a patent, so their price is a little bit lower. But there are some insulins that still have a patent behind them, and so their price because they have to maintain the patents and they're expensive, are a little bit higher. And so he was on our insurance Mm -hmm. and it was our insurance that was one of the ones that said, no, we're not going to cover your insurance anymore. I mean, your insulin anymore. You'll have to switch over to a different insulin.
2: Mm.
1: And Brian's been so Healthy. He's never been back in the hospital since the day he was diagnosed. We are very blessed that his diabetes has most all the time remained stable. You could never even, um, identify him as being brittle except for the day he was initially diagnosed, Mm -hmm. you know. So anyway, it was hard. It was hard to think of switching insulins after all these years. Yeah. And, um, Brian does not have the pump. He still uses the insulin pen and because it works Mm -hmm. for him, you Mm -hmm. know. And so he needed to find a job that had insurance Mm -hmm. that was still going to cover the insulin that he's been on for so many years. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that ended up being Walgreens. And that's how he became. A pharmacy tech, and now he also, when well, he's become a senior pharmacy tech, he now administers the COVID vaccine. Oh, wow! Mm-hmm. But he had to learn a new way of injecting a syringe because it's it's completely different. And thankfully, mm-hmm. his coworkers were kind enough to allow him to stab them <laughs> multiple <laughs> times <laughs> because, you know, when you, um, when you give the insulin, like you pinch, you know, the, the surface mm-hmm. and you inject, but you're not going into muscle,
0: right? Just the fat,
1: right? With the COVID you have to go into muscle. Mm-hmm. So it has to be a fluid motion Mm -hmm. Um, there's no pinching or stopping and pausing or anything like that. And lo and behold, we never knew that Brian had muscle memory (laughs) for how, for how to provide an injection. And so he, the pharmacist who was training him was telling him, you, you have to forget that muscle memory. That you have due to having type 1 diabetes and giving yourself injections, you know, four or five times a day. But he got past I thought
0: that was really hard.
1: Oh, he was exhausted. He was mentally exhausted when he would come home because of what it took for him to ignore that muscle memory.
0: Right. He probably had to really, really concentrate and focus to, to do it the other way. Because 25 years of injections one way, yeah, that's not an easy habit to break.
1: No, no. No, But I thought that that was really kind of interesting that mm-hmm. that's what happens, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad that he has a, a great job that's, you know, providing him with the insurance that he needs. And that's wonderful to hear. What are, what are you up to these days? Can I ask what you're up to?
1: <laughs> well, I work at our elementary school mm-hmm. as a paraprofessional Mm-hmm. with children with autism. And presently, m- most of the children that I work with are nonverbal. Mm-hmm. So they're second and third graders. I've known these children for kindergarten, first grade, and third grade um, for a few of the children. So I've known them for about two and a half years now. Mm -hmm. I was over at the high school doing the same work, but there was great need at the elementary level, so I moved over there.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So, yes, I support children with autism and various other diagnoses. I wear oh, maybe you can see Lake Zurich Snap. Ah,
0: I see. So, is that the name of the school?
1: No, it's special needs. It's the special needs athletic program. Okay. Um, the name of the school is Sarah Ad Sarah Adams Elementary School, but. On the back of my sweatshirt, it does say Rufus mom because Aww. that's, that's still, you know, the children that I work with and Rufus, mm-hmm. besides my own children, this is, this is my life. If for me, it's a different way of doing music.
0: Oh, that's such an interesting way to think about it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, just being able to, to sing to the children, to teach them some different instruments just during leisure time. Mm -hmm. Nothing, you know, um, I'm certainly not contracted, you know, for that, Mm -hmm. um, any sort of music therapy. I just do it just because it's a part of who I am and, Mm -hmm. and, um, it really, it really helps, you know, with that, that bond.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's not, I don't know a whole lot about autism. I don't have an autistic child, but just from what I, I'm, I'm a physical therapist. So we had, you know, our whole pediatric section, a big part of it was on ma- forming those connections with autistic children, because that's something that's just so hard for them to do. To, that usually that, you know, as you know, that social aspect of forming bonds and connections is so its hard for them to do. It's not something they do easily. But I bet music is a wonderful way to kind of get down on their level and just connect with them. Through that activity, even if it's not a conversation.
1: Yeah, there was one little boy. We didn't even know that he could talk. But his father is someone that uh, he plays the piano, and mm-hmm. so I brought in this this keyboard. It's actually rubber, <laughs> and um, the keys are color coded. And so, and I was in charge at, during this particular year of teaching them how to play mm-hmm. and. And, and it's amazing as to what I was taught as far as how to teach them to learn how to play. Just the very, very basic. And so I brought in this keyboard and the little boy started playing Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star. It's like, oh my goodness, he knows some music, you know. He has an appreciation for music. And so I just took some paper and drew staffs on there and then started color coding the music notes on the staff. To the colors of the keyboards
2: mm-hmm. and was
1: teaching him different songs. And then all of a sudden he starts singing the songs. He wow. wouldn't talk. He wouldn't mm-hmm. talk. So, so we didn't know that he could actually verbalize, you know, that the brain could actually process for, you know, words to come out of his mouth. Yeah. And all, but then all of a sudden he starts singing orange, orange, red, red. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. He's saying words, you know? And that was incredible. Just such, so incredible. And so, um, you
0: might not have ever known that he could have talked if it wasn't for the music. I mean, was that the only way he was able to communicate was through music or was he also able to verbalize a little bit?
1: Now, now he verbalizes, um, either, either way. It just, it just kind of, I think maybe it brought him out of his shell. Mm-hmm. or strengthened. I I don't really know much about autism except for what I am taught mm-hmm. in the moment mm-hmm. and also what the children teach me as well. So that's what that's what I do is um I work with children with autism and various other diagnoses.
0: Still you're still pouring into the lives of others, other children, other families in ways that I'm sure you don't even realize how huge of a blessing you are. So thank you. I know you have to. You have to get to those children, right? I'm. You're like on your I way do. to work right now. I need to let you go.
1: I do. That's why I'm dressed the way I am because I have to go outside for recess and <laughs> and get down on the floor and play with them. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And somehow. Be comfortable. Yes, comfort. <laughs> comfort. That's that's the word. That's so key for me.
0: <laughs> oh, me too.
1: So, and there's, there's going to be a 40 degree difference today.
0: Oh no. Warmer, colder, or just as the day progresses, there's going to be a 40 degree difference.
1: As the day progresses. I mean, we woke up in the thirties and it's going to be in the seventies.
0: Oh my, that sounds like Florida weather. That sounds like Florida weather.
1: I know. I know. So, um, so I have my hair up, ready to go.
0: Well, thank you for taking the time to talk with me this morning, Carol. I mean, is there anything else you want to add? I've loved hearing the story of Rufus. Thank you for sharing it.
1: Oh, no, I just, I thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And your daughter, she, it's just been under a year, you Mm -hmm. say? Yep. And you started this? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. This is incredible.
0: Oh, thank you. I used to have a little, um I don't think I've even shared this on this podcast yet, but I used to have a little podcast with my kids, which it was called Carline Chats with Katie and her kids, just as a way I wanted a way to record conversations between me and my kids. And we haven't done that in over a year, um, even though they do ask me about it sometimes. But yeah, when she... um when she got diagnosed, I, I just, the idea came to me and I felt really strongly about it because I wanted to help other moms that were in my situation. And so my husband was on board with it and we sat down and we kind of made a big list of topics that I could talk about. And you were very high, I would say, in the top five. I said, I want to I talk to the lady who created Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to hunt you down. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> And I'm glad I did.
1: Oh, I'm glad I did, too. I'm so thankful to get to know you as well, you know?
0: Thank you, Carol.
1: You're doing an incredible work for so many families and just being an inspiration.
0: Thank you. Right right back at you. I appreciate it. Well, I hope you have a fabulous day. Go love on those kids. And that's what you do best, apparently. Have a great day.
1: <laughs> Thank you. You, too. And it's those kids that... I receive from them, yes, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. you understand that, I know, I know, yes, <laughs> yes I do, we're very lucky, very mm-hmm. blessed in that way, yeah. so well, I will you have a wonderful day, and give your little girl a big hug from me,
0: I will. That is the end of our episode and our chat with Carol Kramer today. Didn't you just love that? What an amazing person she is. What a heart of generosity to give Rufus to the world of type one so selflessly out of nothing more than just wanting to help other children and other families who are struggling with the burden of T1D management. Carol, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for sharing Rufus with us and with the world. We are so, so grateful. Listeners, come back next week because I get to talk with two gentlemen about TrialNet. And if you don't know what TrialNet is, don't worry, you're not alone. But I promise you, if you come back next week, you're going to learn all about it. It's a very interesting conversation. And the week after that is the start of our newly diagnosed series, And just a reminder, that's going to be a 10-week series with a certified diabetes care and education specialist. I've invited Rachel Halverson onto the show, and we're going to do 10 episodes targeted specifically towards families and caregivers of newly diagnosed type 1 diabetics. I am so excited, and I can't wait. All right, you guys, have a fantastic week, and I will chat with you soon. Bye.